Hello, and welcome to another episode of Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, your career, and business with a little more ease and a lot less angst. I'm Jacqueline Beck, your host, and we are here today with Becky Skiba Mancini. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be a guest on a podcast. (laughs) I met Becky because we both record our podcast at the same recording studio. Yes. And we've had some really great conversations. So I'm super excited about this episode. Me too. Oh, thank you. A little background on Becky. She is a serial entrepreneur, I would say. She has successfully built three multi-million dollar revenue companies from the ground up. Yes. And she's done it all very gracefully while navigating some of life's challenges and ups and downs. Yes. She also has her own podcast, Single Mom Success, that you can check out wherever you enjoy your shows. Um, So Becky, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So excited. Before we dig in, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background for all the listeners? Sure. So I am 40 years old. I have three children. My oldest son is 20. And then I have a daughter that's going to be 12 next week. And then I also have a 10-year-old daughter. And I got married very young and I had my son very young and I was told that you're going to amount to nothing in life. So I had to show everyone that that would not be true. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs my whole life. So that's what I knew is entrepreneurship. So I worked really hard to be sure that I was not a statistic, but that did not come without hard times. Cause I had a ton of hard times, a bunch of bumps in the road. So what about your, your business career? So I started my business career. I started owning my own company in my early twenties. So I worked for a medical office. I worked so throughout high school, I always worked in the medical field. I got a job in a doctor's office and I did everything in that doctor's office from the age of 15 to about 17. I did medical billing. I ran the front office, the back of the office. I did x-rays. I was, I helped the nurses station. I helped with the physicians. I did whatever I could in that medical field. There was over 38 physicians. It was a huge practice and they bounced me around to wherever they needed me. And I got a lot of experience. So after I went, after I was done with that, I went away to college and then I got pregnant And I decided to get a job back in the medical field. My ex-husband's cousin helped me get a job working with this one doctor's office. And I got a job working with them. I worked with them for a couple of years. And then, you know, they were like, you're capped at like 10, 50 an hour. Or I think I was capped at like 13, 50 an hour. And I did everything. I did all the medical billing. I was a physical therapy assistant. I did insurance verifications. I did everything. And they're like, due to this job, you're never going to make any more money an hour. And at this time, me and my husband were having rough times and he decided, you know, we decided we'd be best for him to move out. So he moved out. And I remember sitting on a pack of Zephyr Hills water cases. There was three of them piled up in my kitchen and I have a little boy with me and my son and we had no power Wow, because I couldn't afford the power bill. And I paid my ex-husband at the time did not help me with any bills with no money. He didn't never help me out financially until much later on in life. Um, but when our son was younger, it was just me and it was all my finances. I paid for daycare. I paid for insurance. I paid for my apartment, my townhouse, actually my 
water bill, light bill, food. I paid for everything for us while my ex-husband just took care of himself. He Mm. never helped me ever with anything. And after he moved out, I sat there and the FPL got turned off because I had to spend more money on my son had some program at school and it was an additional $200. So I didn't have enough money for FPL. And we sat there and my son's like, I'm hungry. What are we going to eat? And I literally opened up a can of SpaghettiOs and there was nothing to heat it with because I didn't have a microwave or a stove. Mm. So we ate cold SpaghettiOs and I sat there and cried and I said, I have to do something else with my life. I can't let this be what our life is. Yeah. So then I researched when I went to my office, I researched, I actually asked the boss, the owners, a physician who actually is a good friend of mine, if I could have a loan for $500, you know, I didn't tell him what it was for. Mm -hmm. I said, you can deduct it, you know, a hundred dollars out of every paycheck until I pay you back. I'm like with interest. I was too proud to tell my parents I needed money. Mm. And I, a lot of times I would go to my parents' house to eat dinner. So I didn't have to pay for food because mm. I didn't have the money. Yeah. And I researched how to start your own business. I Googled it. I researched it. It looked very difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to do or who to call because everyone I would ask questions of her were like, just stay where you're at. You've got a good job. I'm like, but I'm not making money. I'm struggling. I need help. And I'm like, I can't be making nothing for the rest of my life. And I knew that I had so much more to give mm-hmm. and nobody helped me. So I just kept researching it until I found the right answers and Googling it and talking to people and nobody would help me. And so finally I was like, I'm calling the IRS. So I called the IRS and there was the nice person there that helped me out and told me what forms to fill out and what business to start. And then by the grace of God, somebody walked into our office within like a month or so of me doing this. And the girl said, we're looking for a medical bill. Or I totally lied through my teeth and said, I owned a medical billing company at this time. I was just starting it. And I'm like, I can do it. I own a medical billing company. I work for a ton of doctors. <laughs> I totally lied. And there she's like, well, let me have you meet with the physicians and see you know, if you would be a fit for them. They took me out to jail, Alexander's. I will never forget it. I printed out some bullshit paperwork that I Googled (laughs) about like medical billing companies. Uh, Listen, I knew how to do medical billing. I'd been doing it for years and years. I just had never owned a company. And I'm this 20 year old kid just trying to make it in this world with a baby that people are looking. I felt, I don't know if they were, I felt that they were looking at me like, look at her. I'm not amounting to shit. You know what I mean? Like that's how I felt. So I met with them for lunch and they signed my contract that I printed out that I literally took somebody else's name off of there and put my own, it was called Florida Billing Incorporated, which it's still in production today. And I did it for a very low cost at 3%, which was like unheard of, but I wanted to get their business. Mm -hmm. So I did it and they were my first clients that signed on. And then word of mouth, I had 27 physicians. Wow. Within a matter of four years. Wow. Yes. That's explosive growth. And I, when I was 19 years old, I got my real estate license, but I did it kicking and screaming because I'm like, I don't want to do this because my parents are like, you have to get your license. You're pregnant. You got to do something with your life. You're not finishing college because I didn't finish college. I only have an associate's. Mm-hmm. So like you need to, you know, ha- have something underneath your belt. So get your real estate license, which I, like I said, I did kicking and screaming at 19 years old, but I got my license. I dabbled in real estate but I focused more on my medical billing at that time. And it became extremely, extremely successful. That's incredible. And listening to that story, there's so many things that jump out to me. First of all, 
That might be the ni- first nice story about the IRS I've ever heard. <laughs> I got somebody really nice on the phone. That's great. She was super sweet. And she's like, let me help you, sweetheart. Because I'm like, please help me. I'm like, I keep asking and no one's helping me. And she's like, I will help you. That's incredible. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, people helping people. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, the The themes that jump out for me are the challenges you've had to navigate. And you've navigated necessity challenges, yes. right? not having enough food, not having a way to provide for your child, right? First of all, time management, because here you are navigating those trials and tribulations, raising a child, having two more children, and then building, right, and then building more businesses, right? So juggling all of that. You brought up this concept of judgment and how you felt like everybody was judging you, looking at you. You mentioned you didn't want to be a statistic. Right. And a little bit of rebellion too, Mm -hmm. because you're like, I'm going to show you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then the last thing that jumps out to me is upskilling. So focusing on what you actually knew, you knew medical billing. Right. And you leveraged that. Yes. With a little sprinkling of fake it till you make it. Yeah. I had to. Right. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do? I have to do something. Mm. you know, just like I started a business for my ex-husband. So we actually got back together a couple years after that. And that's why there's such a big age gap between my son and my girls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he told me that he was very envious of my business, that my business was so successful. And that's why he was acting the way he was. And that if he acted, if he had his own business, then he would be better. So I was like, well, let's do it. So then you started another business. I started another business l- literally from the ground up. What business was this? Commercial property management, pressure cleaning. Okay. Very successful business. Well, especially in South Florida. Very, very successful business. And how did you learn to navigate that space? Because it's completely different. I had no idea. I had no, I can't sit there and say I faked it till I made it because I didn't know anything about it. (laughs) So I knew contracts, right? Because I dealt with contracts. I I knew contracts. I know litigations. I knew, I knew how to like, figure things out. And I knew how to communicate with the providers Okay, as far as pricing goes and how to pressure clean a job. Or I had no idea. I had zero knowledge of it. So how did you learn it? So literally on the job training. So I would send my ex-husband out. We started with a handheld pressure washer and I'm like, that's what he started with. And then we wound up buying trucks, machines, and wow. like the business really, really took off and had multiple employees. So I literally worked it from the ground up. But like I said, I'm a good people person. So I know how to navigate. I know how to navigate prices and jobs. And I know how to, to really work with the providers to make them happy, to make sure that the jobs get taken care of properly. So I knew like the business aspect of it, as far as the pressure washing, no clue. But as far as the business aspect of it, I, I was really good at that. So I handled the business aspect of it, which made it so successful. So I built that from the ground up, but I actually gave that to my ex-husband in my divorce, kicking and screaming. I can imagine. Yeah. So I gave that to him and I just focused on my real estate. So, which has been very successful, very, very, very successful as well. And that's a great segue to the third business, which is my real estate. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So I've been in real estate. Like I said, I got my license at 19 years old. I went to real estate school at 19 and I did not want to do it. My parents had been in real estate all my life. So it's what I knew, right? Something that I grew up with knowing I'd go to open houses. I would be selling 
houses at like 14 years old, 13 years old. I would take, my parents would be there and like, Becky, you can't talk like this. I'm like, well, you guys would love to buy this neighborhood. Like I would just like sell it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. I was just like a little salesperson. And my, I remember, I remember clear as day where I was. I don't know if you know this neighborhood, but it's called Boca Gardens. Okay. It's in Boca and it was a townhouse and it was one of the like newer townhouses. And a client walked in and I sold him the townhouse. How old were you? 13, 14, maybe. <laughs> And I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm like, I couldn't believe I did it. And I remember he looked at my dad. I was with my dad and he looked at my dad and he's like, you got a little sales associate here. He's like, you're going to go far in this business. He's like, keep it up. And I was like 13 years old. And so I've just been in it my whole life. And then I made a name for myself. Mm -hmm. So I farm my area. I farm my neighborhood. I literally worked my fingers off to the bones with networking and marketing and working with clients and meeting with a ton of people because my parents handle their real estate very differently than the way I handle my real estate. Like they don't sit there. My parents don't go to networking events. I go to a million of them. They don't, they, they have their clients that they've had for years, but they don't sit there and like, you know, I go to my clients, I bring them pies for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I give things out a couple of years. I do Popeye's. Like I treat my clients a little bit differently. My parents have been with their clients for years and they've known my parents for years, but I've had to build my clientele up strictly by my relationship with them. Yeah. Not one person gave me a handout was like, oh, hey, you're Tom Skiba's daughter. Let's give you the job. Never, yeah. not once. I it's, had to work for everything. Isn't it amazing what you learn by osmosis? Yes. And- I find it fascinating when you look at a younger version of yourself or even children and it's so clear what comes to them naturally. It's so clear what their strengths are, yes. what they struggle with. And then it's almost like somehow growing up, everything gets a little hazy and right. muddy. And I, I bring this up because you're reminding me of a story. I, um, I found a VHS tape at my parents' house of me in a preschool play. Okay. I must've been four and I had a very good friend who was our neighbor and I was dressed as a bumblebee. Cute. And my dad had that huge, massive camcorder on uh -huh. his shoulder filming me. Oh, Jacqueline, how was it? Wasn't it fun? And then he turns to my friend who was dressed as a lion and I literally grabbed, this is on video. I grabbed the camcorder lens and pulled it to me and was like, I'm not done talking. So that says a lot about me, oh but, but one I thing that always came naturally to me was performing. That's, That's something awesome. I love. I love speaking. I love presenting. I love performing. And then I think about it as I got older, some of that got muddied and clouded a little bit until I was able to kind of see through the haze. And in my coaching practice, I spend a lot of my time and the first step of my process is really gaining clarity with our clients, whether it's a business or an individual. How do you do that? Because I know with even myself, right? Yeah. You get to a point, like when I gave my ex-husband the business, I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I know I'm in real estate, but I'm like, but what if, you know, you go down your, what, what if this doesn't work? Or what if that doesn't work? Or somebody's like, I I'm cause you're not, when you're panicking, you're not seeing clearly and you don't know because it's like, you're worried. What if I make the wrong decision? Yeah. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think a, someone has to be ready to see clearly. Okay. So they have to be ready to ask themselves hard questions, which can be the hardest step Two, I think it's taking an accounting of 
what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like, what you don't like, and being really honest with yourself. And then three, there are different assessment tools. So I happen to use an assessment tool in particular that looks at communication styles, behavioral traits, and interests and motivations. And that can be very clarifying for people as well. Well, I want to take it. I'm happy to do it for you. I want to take it. It's fun. I want to see what mine comes out as. Well, it's fun. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're in, I mean, I shouldn't compare it to this, but you know, it's fun to take an astrology reading or something like that because mm. you feel like you're learning about yourself. Yeah. People love learning about themselves. I know. So I'm like, oh, I'd love to. Right. Anytime. Happy to do it for you. Awesome. But what's standing out to me in your story is that this theme of relationship building, relationship management, client management. Yes. It's just innate to who you are as a person. Right. And it sounds like that's the thread that's weaving through all of the various businesses that you've built over time. Right. So when you think about the key skills in managing a relationship with a vendor or a client or a potential client, what do you think those are? You need to listen to them. I love that you said that. Yeah. It's like the biggest thing, you know, you need to listen to hear what, what they want and what they need. You know, sometimes you might not be able to give them everything they want, but you have to listen to their needs. And in real estate, I, you know, I ask this question to my clients, tell me everything you want. I want five bedrooms. I want a pool. I want 5,000 square feet. I want to live on a lake. I want a gated community. And I'm like, okay, how much do you want to spend? $650,000. I'm like, not going to happen. You know? And then I'm like, well, tell me what you need, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, we need really three bedrooms and maybe plus an office. Right. We don't need a pool if it has a community pool. Right. So I go down the needs and I want in the wants. I'm just using real estate as a for instance. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, in the commercial property management, I would do needs and wants. What's the budget? What needs to get done? Mm. And what do you want to have done? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like everything came aligned with that. Medical billing, it's a little bit differently, you know, because their needs and wants are we want more money get more revenue in. So it's a little bit different. Cut and dry. It's very cut and dry. It's like you provide a service, they want a, a revenue in and that's pretty much it. But you know, you have to help them and please them and, you know, keep them happy, you know? And, and that sounds like prioritization. Yes. Which is a good segue to this concept of time management. Because like I said before, mom of three, yes. three businesses, mm-hmm. navigating a divorce. Yes. How how do you manage everything? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just do. I work better under stress. Oh, okay. So that's a, it's a great thing to know about yourself. Yeah. So I know that I handle stress. I get stressed out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I mean, I work really good under pressure. Okay. When I am down, like, I, I mean, like not down, but if I'm not busy, I feel unproductive. Mm. Like if I have a day that I'm not meeting with clients or I'm not doing any paperwork, I'm like, wow, what what a waste of a day. What does busy mean to you? Busy means that I'm overwhelmed, (laughs) that I'm stressed out, that I'm handling like five different things at once and that I feel like I don't have enough hours in my day. That's what it means. And that's your, that's the state you like to operate in. I love it. Cause that's charging yeah. for you. I love it. I love, I hate being stressed, but I love it because when I'm not feeling like that, I don't like that feeling when I'm literally sitting at home and I'm like, okay, I'm, 
I don't take days off. I actually worked in labor and delivery with all three of my children. Mm-hmm. I've never not worked a job. So wow. it's, I know it's very difficult for me to have a day off. I just went to Orlando with my kids for um, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for four days. I worked while I was there. Yeah. I brought my laptop. I worked. I worked a ton while I was there. I physically cannot not work. I feel weird taking a day off and not working. I guess it was, I guess it's been installed as me since I was with my husband. Mm-hmm. If I were to so much sit on the couch, he's like, what are you doing? You're being lazy. Well, you also look at your story. So much of it is fueled by survival. Yes, it is. And I would imagine that's in the background of all of this. Exactly. And it also sounds like on the continuum of bored to stressed, Mm -hmm. boredom is much worse to you than stress. It is. So how do you decompress? I run. Okay. Yeah. So I exercise. So I run or I sing at the top of my lungs or I go dancing, but I do, I do those types of things. That's what makes me feel amazing. And you have to let the energy out somehow. I have to. Yeah. I have my best clarity when I work out. Interesting. I get my, I, if I have something on my mind that I have to think of for a client or if I have to navigate something or if I'm in negotiations, if I go for a run, I always tell them like, I'll let you know tomorrow. Like if I go for a run or something, I come back and I get, I literally get clarity of like, okay, this is how it's going to happen. This is how it has to be done. I get clarity in that, in that moment. I can see that. That used to be hot yoga for me. Really? Yeah. Cause there's girlfriend, the same as you, the hot yoga, you know, you know why I, I know enough about myself. I'm the type of person where my brain doesn't necessarily shut off. Mm -hmm. And that is the one environment where my thoughts disappear. And it's, I don't know if it's the heat or the fact that I'm balancing and sweating and I'm just like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think. And there is something incredible about the clarity that gives you. And look, there's so much science around meditation and all of right. that. With three businesses. Yes. How do you structure your days? So I try really hard not to be on social media okay? because I literally feel like once you get sucked in, it's really hard. And I have a saying that's called do it now. If I think about it, I'm doing it now. And I have to remind myself of that constantly. So I like to get everything I need to get done with. So the first thing I, I can tell you, my start to finish every, every day, I am such a regimented structure. Like I have, I have things I do every single day. Like I'm very time management. I'm not one like, we'll see what the day has. I have a schedule every single day. And I schedule myself for it. Like every morning I wake up, some days I wake up at 5 a.m. Some days I wake up at 6.45. It just depends on what I'm doing that day. But if it's a full day, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I get down to my downstairs Peloton by 5.30 and I work out for one hour. I stretch for 15 minutes. I come up, take a shower, get my daughter up for school, get her off to school, come back, do my hair, do my makeup, get my other daughter up for school, take her to school, go to work. And I literally meet with either a networking group or I meet with a client. And then from there, I plan my day. It, every day is like differently. But on Tuesdays, let's say take a Tuesday because it's probably one of my busiest days of my week. Mm-hmm. I go to a networking event at 8 a.m. And then I leave there. I go straight from there. I go to another networking event at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I head to my office and then I make all my calls, handle all my contracts and go through probably 300 emails. And then I do that till about three o'clock. And I forget, I forgot that I had ate lot, did not eat lunch. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I wind up grabbing a yogurt or something, or I wind up going back West home. But usually if I'm like East Boca, I head to my office, I work a couple hours and then I head back. And then at nighttime is usually when I do my medical billing. So I handle that. Or if I'm sitting in a car waiting for my kids at the soccer field, you'll see my laptop out and I'll be working in the car. So eliminating distraction. Totally eliminating distraction. And being incredibly structured and regimented. Yes. If you want distraction, listen, we all need that mental break. And I know that I need that as well. And I want to go scroll Facebook or Instagram. I have to tell myself, do it after you're done. I physically have to, even when I'm on my Peloton, I can't have my phone near me because I'll pick it up and I'll start reading my emails Mm. and I'll start going through my emails. I'm like, this is my time. I have to keep writing my, this is my time to not deal with my emails, to not handle those work calls. Cause I'll be bombarded. Yeah. And then I'm like, I need time. I'll deal with it in a minute. But like I said, I'm very much into you think about it, do it now. Same thing with my house. If I have something, I'm not going to go put it on the counter. I'm gonna go put it away because I know that I'm going to be like, crap, it's still on that counter tomorrow. The next day, crap, it's still on the counter. I got to move that whatever from the counter. Instead, I'm like, I'm going to go take that hair dryer. I'm going to go put whatever it may be. I'm going to go put it away right this second. It's funny, those little sayings or mantras that we tell ourselves. So yours is do it now. Do it now. Yeah. Mine would, mine was always just get through it. Oh, I like that too. So, I like that one. Cause there's a lot of things I don't want to do that I do. I'm like, Oh, I got exactly. to nasty person. Or you want to have a conversation you don't want to have. You're scared yes. about a presentation. Yes. You've been procrastinating a project. Putting that down. Just get through it. Just get through it. Love that. Because I always say to myself, once you're on the other side, you're done. And then yes. you don't need to do it again. I love it. Unless there's follow-up but that's details. Yeah. I love that. Just get through it. Thank you. It's, it's, it's helped a me. little saying, but I, I'm obsessed with it. It's the one thing that stuck through me through my career. Just get through it. I need to apply it to working out. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> had as much it, success with, with that, but when it comes to, to career management, just get through it. I love that. That's awesome. So let me ask you. Sure. A lot of people I struggle with, and I purposefully don't say just women because men I talk to struggle with this too, but balancing being a good parent, being present for a partner, being a good sibling child with their occupational pursuits, their career. How do you do it? That's a hard question. So my kids and I eat dinner together every night. Okay. That's for sure. Am I working half of those dinners? Probably I'm on my phone. Yeah. I'm working. I'm not going to lie uh, and say, no, we have dinner. There's no, there's nothing. I work and I'm focused on them. No, I don't. Um, and I've realized that in this past like two years since like, you know, my divorce with my ex-husband, they're needing more of my attention because they're not getting attention from him so much. Yeah. So my younger one's struggling a little bit. So I'm realizing that right before they go to bed, I spend five to seven minutes with each child mm-hmm. one-on-one. Mm. And I'm like, talk to me, tell me, whatever you want to talk to me about, whatever you want to tell me about. You know, my one daughter usually says, why are you doing, why this? Why She asked me 50 questions. The other daughter just wants to tell me, mom, this girl at school did this. So it's like, they're just different in different aspects of their life. And I spend that time with them. No interruptions, no cell phones, no nothing. Just me and that one child each. Mm-hmm. And they each get it every single night. Not every night. I forget. And there's a lot of nights that I'm tired. 
But I mean, I try very difficult, try very hard to make sure that I set that one-on-one time up. When I was married, I, you know, I didn't have like a normal marriage where my husband worked days and then he'd be home at night with us and we would have dinner. I never had that because he worked nights and I worked mm-hmm. days. We would never see each other, but we would try to spend like my kids go to something called parents night out on Friday nights from like six to 10. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice that we could have like go to dinner or right. spend time with each other, go to a movie for a little bit. And it's like, we would just watch a movie together as a family. So that's another thing that we do is we go through series, me and my girls, we Mm. look up series of like TV shows and we watch them together that we only watched us, us three. And then we just sit in front of the TV and watch it. So it's really quality time, really quality time. And it's not like, you know, it's, it's really quality. It's not like there's a lot of it. So when we do do it, it's like nice quality over quantity. Yes. And you bring up your divorce. Yes. Which I know you're very vocal about on your podcast. Yep. (laughs) A lot of people struggle with navigating personal challenges while they're at work. See, I'm better with distractions. (laughs) (laughs) I I have been mourning my divorce for three years. Okay. So I, you know, we were separated over three years ago. Okay. But our divorce filing was October of 2021. And I just feel like there were times that he would cause a distraction, not so much anymore because I don't care anymore. I've, I've broke free from him. So I, I'm not attached to him anymore with this feeling, with my feelings with him anymore. In the beginning, it was difficult because I'm like, why is he doing this? Why is he hurting us? And it would really put a damper on my day and really cause a lot of havoc in my day. But then again, I would work twice as hard because I would try to distract myself. So I wasn't dealing with my feelings from that. But Mm -hmm. then I wound up having to deal with the feelings from that because I'm like, I got to get over this. So I did a lot of therapy Mm -hmm. and a lot of healing on myself and really, really worked on myself to clear myself of that. But now I feel good. He's still causing, he's still a tornado. He is still causing all types of destruction in his way. I'm just not affected by it anymore. So what advice would you give to somebody who is going through something really tough personally, but still wants to excel in business or in their career? If you need the day, take the day. If you need the hour, take the hour. If you need the minute, take the minute. You know, so I, I went through, when I was first going through it, everyone's like day by day. I'm like, I'm not even out a day yet. I'm like, I'm literally minute by minute mm. because I kept finding out more information. And I'm like, it, it was literally killing me. Yeah. I lost so much weight. I physically wasn't eating. I had to make eating a, actually a priority because I lost like too much weight because when I get stressed, I don't eat. So I was like, let me focus on minute to minute and yeah. stop going down the, what if this, what if that, what if this, you know, I was going down a bad rabbit hole. Staying present is another one. Mm. Staying present and right this second, I have a really good therapist um, and she's a, my life coach and I thank God for her, but she really teaches you what is wrong right, right this, right this very second. Like look around you, like what is really, what's wrong right this second? Mm-hmm. And usually nine times out of 10, nothing. And that's so hard to do. Totally. Because you use the word tornado and I love that metaphor because, you know, Work environments can be tornadoes in yeah. and of themselves with different personalities. People can create storms in their head with their own thoughts. Yeah, their and, own stories. Yeah. And that reminder to just look around you what is okay in this moment, what is wrong in this moment yeah. can be so useful. So, Becky, as we wind down, 
Do you mind if I rapid fire a few questions at you? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Question one. What advice would you give to someone who wants to start their own business right now? Research it. See if it's going to be monetary for you. How long is it going to take to get off, you know, off and running? Do you need investors? Can you do it on your own? Do you have money saved up so you can start the business? So those are questions. Those are things that I would ask somebody that was interested in starting a business right now. So mitigate your risk. Absolutely. So what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Never going with a business partner. Oh, so when we started the, <laughs> my own personal thing, when we started uh, the pressure cleaning commercial stuff, we had a business partner and I'd buy him out and it was very costly. And I said, I would never, ever do it again. If you can do it on your own, do it on your own. Do not get a business partner. It just headaches on the end and there's a bunch of contracts and mitigations and stuff that you don't want to have to deal with. So if you can do it on your own, do it on your own. And you and I spoke about this, but I'm a very big proponent of if you are going into a partnership or starting a business with somebody, you need to be very clear on expectations. It needs to all be documented. It needs to be, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted. Right. It's almost like you're going through a divorce before you get married. Yeah. It's like a prenup of a business. Exactly. And I am for that as well. We did discuss that. So yes. Yeah. A business prenup is fine with me dissolution procedures, whatever it needs to be. Everything is agreed upon. But it needs to be discussed because when people are starting a business, it's very exciting. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the downfall. You know, why are we talking about a downfall of a business? We only need to talk about the, because this is a, this is a possibility. Yeah. And what if you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. Things change. I'm a believer of that. All right. Last question. What advice would you give to somebody who is maybe lost in their career and feel stuck. It's a good one. So if you feel stuck in your career, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, what do you not if you feel stuck in your career, you're doing it because you need to. What do you want to do? What's going to make your heart happy? Is it changing a position at that job? Is it going into business, doing something else? Is it recreating your job? Is it just changing your environment? What is it? What's going to make you happy? So I think that you need to like look internally and say, because obviously, like I said, if they feel stuck, they need that job. They have, they feel like they have to be there. So they need to figure out like what is going to make them happy and then literally go forward with it. Take that leap. And that reminds me of the conversation we had earlier about the houses. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. What do you want? Exactly. And so it almost sounds like making a list of well, what are my survival needs, right? Right. How much money do I need to make? Absolutely. What is my baseline X? What is a need? And then what do I want? And where do those intersect and marry? And sometimes when people feel stuck, sometimes they just need a vacation for a little bit because they need to get out of the rut and then they need to be like, all right, let me go back to work. Or they might need to take a leave of absence Mm. and not actually quit their job and take a leave of absence for a couple months to be like, listen, I got to figure myself out figure out if this is something I actually want to come back to because they might be like, I want to go back there. Yeah. You know, so I think they need to like really like dive into a ton of questions. So know yourself and take care of yourself. Absolutely. Well, Becky, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Unsurprisingly. Thank Thank you you for coming. Thank you. And thank you to everybody for joining us on another episode of Worked Up. Look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. As always, we have very exciting guests down the way. 
Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave reviews. And please connect with us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting or on our website, www.jacquelinebeckconsulting.com. See you next time.